1: it's a very competitive market, the smartphone market. Keeping you updated and educated. This is a device that combines a tablet, a laptop and a sketchpad. This is the Tech Guide podcast. This is the future. Wireless earphones. Tech Guide. What you see is what you get. Quality is obvious. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 277. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for downloading. First-time listeners, we're glad you found us. Welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Stephen Fennick, and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, why it was the right time for us to install solar panels and a storage battery. Vodafone launches its NBN services, and we chat with Samsung's chief medical officer, Dr. David Rue, about the use of technology inpatient treatment in the tech guide reviews we're going to take a look at the LG v 30 smartphone and the 66 audio bts pro headphones and we're also going to take a look back at the most popular netflix shows that we binged in 2017 and we're going to finish it off with your voice bites in the tech guide help desk and it's all brought to you by netgear australia's number one brand of home wi-fi products and also norton the company to help keep you and your family safe online a massive show for you so we're just going to jump straight in Well, I think it's, uh, it's pretty obvious to say that uh, energy prices, electricity prices, the whole cost of energy has been a pretty wild debate here in, in Australia for, for some time now. And the rising cost of electricity has put a lot of pressure on households, It's uh, put a lot of pressure on businesses. Uh, and you hear stories about pensioners being too too scared to turn on the heater or, or, or the air conditioning in, in summer, uh, worried they're not going to be able to afford the bill. Uh, so, yeah, this is a real issue for, for Australians, and there are alternatives. There's a huge debate about renewable energy and how much the government should invest in renewables uh, versus coal, coal-powered uh, energy, and this debate is going to go on and on and on, and one thing's for certain is that energy prices as they are are not going to stay the same. They, they can only really trend one way, and that's up. Uh, so we are facing a situation where, if we don't make some hard decisions as a, as a nation, but also if we don't make decisions as individuals and as as households, uh, it could also mean uh, a, a lot a lot of a huge huge amount of money that we need to pay for our electricity. So in this kind of environment, I was thinking about this myself, and I decided that uh, I would install solar panels. And a storage battery in my home. Now, my my energy bill. The, the, what motivated me to do that was my my energy bill was uh, after the summer after summer when we were running the air conditioning fairly often. My energy bill was uh, close to nine hundred dollars for for the quarter, and that that's about that's about average for me. About eight hundred, uh, about 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 that amount, and on, on an annual basis, you're looking at about. Three three thousand three and a half thousand to four thousand dollars is what I'm paying in in my my electricity bills for the for the year, and I thought to myself, well, this this isn't this is it's expensive now, and it's not going to get any cheaper. and And I thought, well, that that's now's as as good a time as any to take the plunge to invest in solar panels and a storage battery. So I did a bit of research and had actually written about uh, a company. A company called natural solar who had who had and i 'd written about this family who had installed who uh, natural solar had installed some solar panels for them and a Tesla power wall and they had saved 922 percent of their energy costs and I remember writing that story for tech guide thinking that is that 's exactly what I should do I should do that. And uh, a combination of that and a combination of receiving the energy bill and just being totally disgusted, that's what led me to invite natural solar over to my home to get a quote on a a system. So that's what I did. And ironically, the day they came to my home to talk about what, what was involved was the same day that the energy prices had gone up by 20%. It was that very day. You couldn't have planned it better. So that was an added, an added incentive for me to go ahead with this installation. So what, what I was really impressed with was the fact that Natural Solar had done their homework. They, they knew my address. Obviously, they came to my home. They knew my address and had presented to me a Google Map view of my home. So from Google Maps, obviously, all you can see really well is, is your roof And they produced this image of my home to say, look, well, here are the possibilities. And on on the roof was a diagram of the amount, the number of solar panels I could actually fit on my roof. And I was surprised to learn I had room for 52 solar panels on my roof. And I would never need, obviously, that many. But they said, look, that is the possibility. So in the future, it's expandable. So in the scenario where we may have, my my wife and I may be each driving an electric car, so they maybe need to have more panels to power those vehicles as well. So the system that was tailored for me was the result of them looking back through two years of my electricity bills and sort of my energy usage as well as an eye to the future where the possibility of expanding the system further to cope with these other changes if necessary. So from there, we decided on panels and a storage battery. And even though Tesla is the first name that comes to mind for a lot of people when it comes to to power walls, I was told of another company, a German company, who Natural Solar was bringing into Australia. They were the the exclusive distributors for Sonnen, which is the the German battery manufacturer. I have spoken about them in the past. Sonnen is the company that was bringing in their, uh, their battery system that they would then link with other battery owners. So my battery would link to all the other Sonnen batteries in the country, and we would link together to become a virtual power plant. So Sonnen would become my utility rather than the electricity company. So, and for that, Sonnen would charge a flat fee, 30, 40, or $50 a month, depending on the amount of the size of my home and the amount of power that I needed. Uh, So that was, and for that, I would be guaranteed $0 for my electricity bill. So my electricity bill for my electric company would be 0 and for that $50 a month say it's 40 50 whatever it is it's actually less than what i pay for my mobile phone plan a month and uh that would then like or virtually put me off the grid because i'd have the sonnen battery my would be linked to others and and vice versa so any uh, excess power i could feed out and then excess power could be fed back into me if i needed it so we were all become sonnen would become my electricity company and i said where do i sign let's do this so in the end we decided on the system which would have 27 solar panels a solar edge inverter and a sonnen eco 810 kilowatt hour battery so that that was the system i decided on and i thought well now now's the time and this this is i mentioned earlier this is an investment i see this as an investment in not only for my my family but also my home so, the, this money that I spent, and it was over $25,000, this was an investment in the future and for my home. So, just doing the pure math, okay, let's do the calculations. Let's say that I mentioned earlier my energy bill per year was, say, let's call it three and a half thousand. Let's call it three seven because it's between three and a half to four thousand. So, you do the math, and that means the system would pay for itself in less than seven years. Now, that's taking into account if the price of electricity stays the same. And my bet is that in three, four, five years' time, uh, the energy prices could very well be double what they are today. So that's seven. that less than seven-year period for my ROI, my return on investment, could very well become six or even five. So five years, I'm, I'm clean and, and paid off, and I've got my money back by all of the electricity I've saved. But another thing occurred to me as well that the the investment part of this decision was also an investment in my home's value. So the amount of money that I've spent over twenty five k, I think my home has increased in value more than that amount of money that I've spent. So down the track, whenever I sell my house, it would be attractive to a potential buyer knowing that my house is virtually off the grid. So I think that, that should be taken into account too. When you are trying to justify the cost for yourself, n- not only is it energy savings, which which are, are plentiful, but... I think it's a it's an investment in your home and the amount of money the 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 value of your home increasing more than the uh, amount of money you spend on your solar panels and battery. Anyway, the installation uh, day arrived. It took two full days actually for five or four. There were sometimes five electricians to complete the job. So they, I've got a two story house with three kids, so we we do use a fair bit of power, and. The install took two days, so they had to climb up to the second story to to lug up those 27 panels. And my home has a northerly aspect, so it faces north, and that means I have the eastern and western slopes of my roof. So my pitched roof uh, puts it in a good position because the sun obviously rises in the east, sets in the west, so the sun is going over the top of my panels uh, for most of the day. And uh, I'm producing enough power to charge the battery a few two to three times a day and as well as maybe feed some back into the grid at times. There would, would be some days, obviously, that I'd need some power from the grid if it's a cloudy day or the panels didn't produce much power. So uh, And the good thing is that, and I'll talk about this in a minute, you can track how much power your panels are producing. So that's another great aspect as well. So you can monitor it through a browser or an app as well. Uh, So the decision on where to put the battery, uh, the Sonnen battery does not sit outdoors, unlike the Tesla Powerwall. It needs to be uh, put inside a garage or in a room inside. I decided on putting it in my laundry. Now the battery itself is as tall as me, which is 184 centimeters, but it only comes off the wall 22 centimeters, so it's pretty compact. So it's it's not really going to take much room in the laundry. So that's where I decided to put it. Uh, it now sits there. There's a there's a little fan inside so that all the cells are kept cool when it's when it's feeding battery into my system, into my home. The panels, as they produce power, I could be using the power they produce straight away. Uh, The excess is then fed into the battery. If I've got extra, I feed it back into the grid. Uh, So uh, it's it's a system that works on a daily basis. The batteries are designed, sort of they're fit for purpose. So they're designed to be discharged daily unlike tesla batteries i understand tesla batteries which are the same they use in their vehicles as they do in the power walls the technology is roughly the same and they aren't designed to be discharged several times a day like how often does a tesla car have its battery discharged every single day it normally takes 2 to 3 to 4 days to discharge a battery completely so, Sonnen has has only build batteries for home storage. They don't. They're not like Tesla, where they build batteries that are used in a car, used in a power wall. Sonnen only builds for homes. They've had huge success in the U.S. And also uh, in Germany, I should say, that's where they're from. So Germany, US, Australia, they see as another another country as well. And a few weeks ago on the Tech Guide podcast, we interviewed Philip Schroeder, who is the CEO of Sonnen, who sees Australia as a really big opportunity for uh, for growth and for customers to take up the service. Uh, so the, the system's installed. I've had it for about seven weeks now. And uh, to date, my system has produced... Uh, 1.93 megawatt hours of power Uh, the the most power the panels have produced in a single day was 49.641 kilowatt hours and the app tells me so the 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 browser the uh, application to monitor the system tells me that that's the equivalent uh, of saved 755.41 kilograms of carbon dioxide emissions and it's the equivalent of planting 2.52 trees. And that's information, as I said, that I gathered from the Solar Edge app and the Sonnen app. So uh, it does allow you to monitor daily what you're doing and also the status of the battery, the charge level, and uh, all of that information is at your fingertips. So uh, it is, uh, it, oh, look, I'll, I have zero regrets on installing the system. I think that I'm going to get a huge benefit out of it, not only now but well into the future uh, in terms of warranties and lifespans the the battery has a it's got a ten year warranty but designed to last for uh, even longer than that so that, that's ten years even the battery cycling three times a day so guaranteed for ten thousand cycles and but the lifespan is likely to go further than that uh, same with the with the panels warranties for ten years but designed to last for twenty years. Warranty on the solar panels, are 12 years with the performance warranty that they'll still work at 80% capacity for up to 20 years. So actually 10 years is the warranty for the battery, but designed to last for 20. The panels, 12 years, performance warranty, they'll still work at 80% for up to 25 years. Uh, the inverter also has a warranty of 10 years as well. So as you can see, see by that, this is a long-term investment, and as I said, zero regrets and really happy with the job Natural Solar did in installing the system and introducing Sonnen. They're the exclusive distributors. And uh, I've written about that whole thing. If you want to read about my experience and to see my system, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. Tech
0: Guide, keeping you updated and
1: educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. We've all heard about Vodafone, the mobile operator. I'm actually a Vodafone customer. I, they are my, I, my phone is on the Vodafone network, the 4G network, which I'm quite happy with. I do enjoy roaming on $5 a day, so I can use my phone uh, in more than 55 countries using my data and uh, have all the calls, incoming calls as well, so basically using my number wherever I am. Vodafone though is now an NBN service company and they've just launched their services with customers now able to order their connection online or on the phone or through stores, over 78 of them in Sydney, Canberra, Melbourne, Geelong and Newcastle. So Vodafone NBN plans will offer unlimited data as well as a backup internet service. So what they're going to do if, when customers sign up, if they're waiting for connection or a line needs to be repaired, they're going to have a backup service using the Vodafone 4G network. So that's a, that's a nice backup to have. A lot of people are confused. I, 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 there were some strange comments on my Facebook page about this where people were saying, well, they can't run a 4G network. What hope have they got doing the NBN? Well, uh, it's they're using the NBN infrastructure at your home. So if you've got fiber to the node, fiber to the curb, fiber to the building, they're going to use that and offer their services. No doubt down the track there'll probably be some mobile bundling as well. But a lot of people are under the impression that they're offering NBN through their mobile network. That's not the case at all. They're going to use the NBN. Infrastructure for you to connect. So there, uh, there was a few people need to get their facts straight. I uh, hope they read my story right before they commented. So yes, Vodafone NBN plans—they're going to start at seventy bucks a month. Uh, $0 up front for unlimited broadband and for, with that you also get the Vodafone Wi-Fi hub so that uh, if you do have a down downtime on the NBN connection you will get your mobile connection as well uh, so there's that. The 4G backup, they did state in the small print that the 4G backup, if it's needed you'll have a maximum speed of 12 megabits per second down, 1 megabit per second up. Uh, they're also offering their, uh, serv- their network guarantee, 30 day network guarantee so if the service is Up to scratch, you can leave within 30 days uh, if you're not happy. So, that's another thing you got up your sleeve as well. So, that you do have that protection. Uh, You can all you need to do is just leave. With with, if you want to leave within 30 days, uh, you need to return the Vodafone Wi Fi hub uh, within 10 days of deciding to ask for a refund uh, to to get out of the service. So, uh, we're going to see the service roll out continually, progressively in 2018 but orders are now being taken for you to become a part of it. And uh, they are going to conduct, they're going to do some line testing. So when, for fiber to the node, fiber to the building connections, Vodafone are going to run their speed checks on the line within the first 15 days of activation. So you'll know well within that 30-day satisfaction guarantee exactly how fast your system is going to be, how fast your connection is going to be. Vodafone, NBN is happening. You want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide now. Tech Guide interview. Tech Guide. Well, as I said at the top of the show, our, our interview today is with uh, Dr. David Roo, who is a Sam, Samsung America. He's their chief medical officer, and he was in Australia to uh, to take part in Samsung's very first Healthcare Smart Summit. So uh, Dr. David Roo uh, f- flew in from America. He's, he's a doctor, so he's the chief medical officer and head of healthcare and fitness uh, for Samsung, so a great person to have uh, in Australia for this seminar, first of its kind that samsung 's held in the world, so Australia was the first first country to uh, to have hold a summit of this kind. Now, the objective of the summit was to talk about how technology could be used in patient care and clinical care and just our general wellness. So it was uh, an opportunity to talk to the medical community and also for Samsung to talk about their learnings in 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 technology, the use of various wearables and other data but also VR. VR plays a big part in pain management. Samsung actually announced a partnership with St. Vincent's Hospital to evaluate the potential use of VR to treat patients with acute pain. VR has been used in several ways to treat patients of various ages and conditions so it was uh, really interesting to hear what dr david rue said and here we caught up with him when he was in australia the day before the seminar so here's what dr david rue had to say to tech guide well hi david thanks for joining me you've just jetted in from the u.s and you're actually looking in pretty good shape so uh, welcome to australia Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you're here for the Samsung's first health summit. Is that right? And the first, uh, you're from the US office, and Samsung in America hasn't even had a health summit yet. Australia
0: is launching the first one. Is that right? That's correct. We, we've had a variety of different activities in the United States where healthcare was a part of it, but never a fully dedicated summit to healthcare. It's very exciting to see.
1: And you're a doctor. Uh, you're, you're the chief medical officer for Samsung and head of their health departments. Explain your position in the company. Sure. Well, maybe I'll start with a little background. I'm
0: a physician, a healthcare researcher, a technologist. I spent a good part of my early years understanding how technology can be used to improve health outcomes, specifically access to care, quality of care, improving the cost and efficiency of care, and the patient experience. And that's what we're doing at Samsung. We're looking to see how technology can be used to improve
1: these health outcomes. Mm-hmm. With, well, technology is uh, enabled so much in all the other, a lot of other fields. So, health is obviously the next, the next one. Absolutely. So, what, 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 you know, we've got all things like wearables and VR is involved as well. So, what, what could we look forward to? Well, I think one of the things that we
0: hadn't recognized was that consumer technologies can be used to actually treat conditions, uh, better manage conditions. So, a really good example, and this is something completely unexpected, was with the use of virtual reality. And with virtual reality, we typically think of this as an entertainment or a distraction tool, or maybe a mechanism to train individuals. What we're seeing now is we can actually use this to treat conditions. Everything from post-traumatic stress disorder, Mm -hmm. pain, stress, anxiety, even stroke and spinal cord injury and conditions that impact the vision. So tremendous opportunity to start using these technologies in ways that we had not seen. We're starting to see wearables being used to better manage conditions such as cardiac rehabilitation, making that a virtual program. We're starting to see diabetes management being done on the smartphone. We're seeing tablets being used by seniors to better engage and, and really address issues around loneliness. So uh, across the spectrum, a tremendous opportunity to see how these technologies
1: can be used to improve the lives of individuals. Okay. I understand the summit is uh, going to be, it's like a B2B setup where a lot of the medical community will be here. Is this, is this sort of technology, is that a hard sell for medical professionals now, or are they on the same page as you and are willing to go forward with this sort of work? Interestingly, we're
0: seeing a shift in the mindset for individuals. I think most people recognize that the status quo is not going to work. If you continue to to practice in a way that focuses only on what you see in the office or in the hospital, so much of healthcare occurs outside of the hospital. And in order for us to be able to address how we're going to, impact those outcomes, we have to be better connected with our patients, our families, and use the social network around us to be able to provide that network that will lead to better care. And I think what we're seeing is that clinicians are recognizing that, and they're starting to better understand that, hey, maybe we can start using these tools, these technologies in ways that will be meaningful. So one of the things that we've also understood is that it's not just about capturing data and sending it to the doctor, because, in fact, that might... model doesn't really work great for the vast majority of physicians. In fact, many of them will say this this is too much data, you know, I I really can't handle that, Uh, and there might even be some liability in terms of what you're sending me. So in talking with these doctors uh, in healthcare organizations that are really astute and understanding that the need for this is there, they've recognized that sometimes it's important to just capture discrete amounts of data Mm -hmm. at certain time periods. And then using these tools we can be able to create a mechanism where this is a streamlined process where patients and consumers are collecting the data, but only the relevant data is being shared with the clinicians and it's being done in a program that allows us to be able to provide better care. Mm-hmm.
1: So let's look, let's get in the time machine. What are we talking about in five to ten years' time? The things that we're talking about today, that you're talking about, do you expect them to be? everyday use, so are we we moving in that direction already?
0: Absolutely, Uh, really the trend across the globe uh, is towards virtual care. And when I talk about virtual care, I'm talking about not just telemedicine, but I'm talking about the ability to actually deliver care outside of the hospital and clinics, where individuals can be in charge of their data and can be empowered to know what needs to be done. This will involve wearables, involve sensors, it will involve mobile technologies, and a variety of analytics and, and uh, different tools that we'll use in the background mm-hmm. to make things smarter. Yeah,
1: let's talk different types of patients. What about, what would a solution be for, what, how could technology help, for example, a cancer patient?
0: So interestingly, uh, cancer patients uh, have many of the same challenges that we uh, would experience with other chronic diseases. Uh, in fact, uh, information sometimes can be quite, over, quite an overload. Uh, we've, we implemented a program with the American Cancer Society to really better understand how tools such as uh, a breezy tablet, which uh, to give you a little background, is a tablet that was designed to improve the user experience, but also streamlined the information so that not all the information is provided all at once. So imagine cancer as a journey from mm-hmm. the moment you're given a diagnosis to the moment that you, you go for the biopsy to chemotherapy mm-hmm. to follow-up. When we talked to the senior vice president at the American Cancer Society, what is the biggest challenge? They said, well, we have all the data. We have all the resources. It's all on our website. Yeah. People don't access it yeah. because it's just overload. They're in a fog. Okay. Yeah. So now imagine choosing only the relevant pieces, putting it on the tablet and making that the front page. Right. Of you so information when you need it. Exactly. Okay. Right information at the right time to lead to better decision-making. What about, what about patients with disabilities? You know, it's interesting because uh, in many cases, we have seen an explosion of a lot of the research in this space. Uh, virtual reality would be a great one yep. where we're starting to see use of virtual reality tools to address indi- individuals that have blindness. Yep. I mean, really uh, blindness due to diseases such as macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataract, severe yep. um, myopia. And the VR tools, the, the actual software embedded within the, the headset is helping these individuals. Uh, Samsung Australia uh, has uh, formed a partnership with Iris Vision around this area, and it's an exciting area for us to see improvements in care. So, multiple examples of how technologies are being used to address any of these disabilities. What about the elderly? You know, elderly, uh, the senior population is a a group where traditionally it's been thought that this is a group that can't readily adopt technology, Mm -hmm. but yet they have different challenges. Uh, They have challenges around Loneliness, social isolation, uh, challenges around the fact that they want to take better care of themselves and live independently. But in many cases, we don't feel confident to allow them to do so. So we're working with many organizations that are helping build smart homes and putting the analytics behind it. So Cura would be a great example where they have been looking at ways that these tools, these sensors that are built in and embedded within the home can be used to give the patient, I should say the individual, the senior, as well as their family, and potentially even the healthcare provider, confidence that this individual is on the right track and not any need for any
1: types of urgent intervention. Fantastic. Well, we look forward to seeing these products and services in the future. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide
0: with Stephen Finnick.
1: The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And they've just introduced Orbi, the world's first tri-band Wi-Fi system. Orbi gives you reliable, secure, and fast Wi-Fi to every part of your home, everywhere. No more dead stones no no drop zones upstairs, no drop connections, no through walls. Everything's better Wi-Fi across the board. Orbi reaches up to three hundred and seventy square meters through Wi-Fi barriers like walls, stairs, and doors with a dedicated internet connection. Orbi helps prevent buffering. While streaming your favourite movies and shows, no matter how many devices are connected, you'll have ultra-fast Wi-Fi speeds. The Orbi tri-band Wi-Fi system works with your existing modem to maximise the speed you're already paying for. So Orbi's sleek design and state-of-the-art technology steals the show. It gives your home a superior Wi-Fi network that's both easy to set up and elegant to display. With just a couple of clicks, your secure Wi-Fi network will be ready in no time. For more information, visit netgear.com.au. Or be better Wi Fi everywhere. Tech Guide. Now, a tech guide review with Stephen Fennett. Our first review is the LG V30 smartphone. Now, uh, right off the bat, I'm going to call this the Dark Horse smartphone. This is the smartphone that was released while everyone else was talking about the iPhone 10 and the Google Pixel 2 and the Galaxy Note 8. LG quietly released this device, and I saw it back in at IFA uh, in Berlin in early September, and it is now available in Australia. It came out in mid uh, to late November uh, it's priced at one thousand and ninety nine, $1,199, and it does follow the trend of the all-screen setup, and really nicely designed, actually. I'm a big fan of the phone. So it's got a button-free front face 6-inch screen, and not just any old screen. This is an OLED screen. What you're looking at here is the same technology that you see in their brilliant televisions, so great blacks, bright colors. The display was really, really nice. Very impressive. So your content looks great on it. If you want to watch movies, and it's HDR compatible too, so high dynamic range, really, really looks looks great in your hand. So if you do want to make it your entertainment device, I think you could do a lot worse. Uh, the device itself is uh, 7.3 millimeters thick, weighs just 158 grams, has Corning, Glass Gorilla, Corning Gorilla Glass 5, And has also passed a bunch of military-grade durability tests. And is the successor, of course, to the V20, which was a lot larger than this phone. The the new phone uh, is 8mm shorter, 3mm narrower than the V20. The V20 is quite a big phone, but not uh, not the V30. It does fit really nicely in your hand. So really comfortable to hold. Gentle curve on the rear panel as well. Dual-lens camera on the back, fingerprint reader, home button on the back also. So uh, LG was one of the first companies, actually, to relocate the home button on the back of the device and uh, how many companies have followed them in there with that decision. So uh, really, uh, really nice design. Display, uh, quad HD resolution, 2880 by 1440. That's 538 ppi, which is pixels per inch uh terrific as i've already said this the black levels color fantastic have a look at the pictures i've posted on my review uh that display of course hdr 10 support so you're going to double the range of colors across 64 shades of gradation so uh it does look really really nice Camera wise, here's one of the strong features of the phone. Dual lens camera has crystal clear lenses, so glass lenses on this thing. Dual lenses, 16, 34 megapixel cameras on the back, take fantastic images. You can see them on Tech Guide on my story. Great pictures during the day. In low light, did pretty well also. Uh, So if uh, capturing your images got you covered, but it's also really handy at capturing video. What I like about this phone is that the camera's not only good quality, it's also versatile. lot of nice little features here including cine video so c-i-n-e cine video in other words cinematic video allows you to apply a color palette to your video and and you'll be surprised there's 15 preset hues there you'll be surprised how a different hue can add a different look and feel and tone to what you're shooting really cool to play around with the other feature i like with video is is a feature called point zoom So normally when you zoom in on something, it sort of goes to the center of of the image. Well, with the LG V30, you can choose where the zoom goes to. So if you see on my story on Tech Guide, I've embedded an Instagram video I did demonstrating the point zoom feature. And you'll see that uh, it's a picture of a cruise cruise boat uh, in the harbor and it zooms into the prow of the boat. So rather than just zooming into the middle of the picture, you see it zoom into the right-hand side of the image, and that's just a demo of the point zoom, which I thought was really cool. The other thing that you got is also the wide-angle lens. Not a new feature, but really handy one to have where you can click on one, uh, you get your 71-degree angle, and then you click on the other, and you get your 120-degree field of view. So one looking at a smaller part and then the other expanding, also works on the front-facing camera. So if you've got a few people to fit in your selfie, it'll work. For your back camera, if you want to fit in more of a landscape or a, a tourist attraction, you've got that option at your fingertips as well. Uh, on the audio side, they've also ticked the box here by, by teaming up with well-known brand B&O Play. So it's uh, the audio's tuned by B&O Play, and you get a pair of B&O Play earphones in the box so, if you're a, an audio file, you'll be pleased to know that you can connect, you can access Hi Fi Quad DAC and optimize the audio with four presets, so uh, mix and match sound frequencies. Uh, so, you've got professional level audio quality coming out of this thing as well. So, if you're an audio file, you like your music quality uh, and your picture quality, you've got uh, your camera quality, you've got two big features right there. On the software side, you are running an older version of Android. It's Android 7.1.2. So not the latest Android 8.0, but uh, still runs really nicely. Doesn't have too thick a user interface on top of this thing. The uh, floating bar is a nice feature too, which is similar to Samsung's Edge panel. You know how you can just flick in from the edge, and you get shortcuts to your contacts and favorite apps and things like that. Well, the floating bar can offer that as well. Uh, you can put, uh, it gives you shortcuts to uh, your apps, music, content, contacts. All of that is right at your fingertips. Now, this is powered by a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835 processor, so it does well to uh, keep everything running as it should. And with that powering that screen, powering all those features, it does do a good job in terms of battery life. You get at least a day, perhaps even a day and a half, uh, through the 3,300 milliamp hour battery. Righto. What didn't we like about this? Well, one was the price. I thought a $1,199 makes this more expensive than the iPhone 8 and only $30 cheaper than the iPhone 8 Plus. Still well short of the iPhone 10 uh, and also short of the Samsung Note, uh, Galaxy Note 8 as well. But uh, look, an LG, It's it's their right to value their product as they see fit. But it's also another thing for customers to actually buy it. And I think at a $1,199, they're playing in pretty competitive territory there. Not to say their phone isn't as good as those other devices. They are. But I think they needed to offer a bit more value to attract more customers. I think in a, in a head-to-head with an iPhone, I think the V30 is going to lose. I'll be upfront about that. Uh, if they offered this, if they maybe popped this under 1000 if it got under that magic $1,000 mark, so it was nine nine nine. I think there'd be a lot more people having a serious look at the making this their next device. 899 would have been a dream, but I think LG's thinking would be, well, we value our phone to be competing with the top brands, not with the top mid-tier, the mid-to-top-tier brands there as well. So, I oh know that's just my opinion. I thought it would have really attracted a lot more customers, maybe get a lot more volume through uh, customers if it was at 999. Uh, the other minor thing was, of course, not having Android 8. Point oh, but, yeah, you know, very you know, far from being a deal breaker. I rate this phone. Uh, I've reviewed it. On, you can read the full review on Tech Guide. I think it's one of those phones that once you get it in your hand, it is, I've described it as maybe one of the best kept secrets for customers. But once they get it in their hands, they'll be happy to tell everyone about it. The LG V30 smartphone, you should read my review. You can find it at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Next up, we're talking headphones, and this time, uh, an LA company reached out to me in the 66 Audio, and these these uh, products are available. I'll put the links on my uh, story on Tech Guide. The 66 Audio BTS Pro headphones. And these are, they go around the back of your head. So it's not, uh, they're not like traditional headphones with the big head strap across the top of your head. They're not earphones either, which stick in your ear. They are what I've described as a combination of both. So there's this silicon band that goes around the back of your neck and then over your ear fit these nice ear cups. So without having the bulk of headphones and the discomfort of earphones, you kind of got a nice middle ground. And with the BTS Pro, those ear cups sit with memory foam cushions on your on your ears so very comfortable and the advantage of having those larger ear cups is a larger driver for your audio. Uh, in terms of uh, use for training, they're sweat-proof, so you can take them in the gym, take them on a run. They're pretty secure. They're not going to fall off. So sweat-proof, they're lightweight as well, so they're not going to weigh you down. And they're comfortable. I, I uh, I'd use these in the gym and use them on walks and runs. Uh, it is a really comfortable fit. Another feature I like is the Bluetooth 4.2. This is sort of super Bluetooth, where you get a range of about 30 meters instead of the traditional 10. 10 meters so you could technically walk around the house and still be connected to your device your phone if you're streaming audio or if you're walking around the office same deal you can be walking around without having to carry your iphone or whatever phone you're using with it uh, around with you uh, it does have an app that runs on ios devices only so if you did want to access some more uh, freak some more equalizers and to really optimize the sound even further you can do that Now, audio quality-wise, they've got 36mm high-density drivers that works with the 66 sound engine. And that means they can cover full frequency range from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz, which is actually the range of human hearing. So uh, keep that in mind when you're listening to these. And I've got to say, the audio quality, it surprised me. The, the balance was, of bass was nice, uh, had the nice detail in the high and mid levels as well. So any type of music you're listening to, whether it's hard rock or power ballads or electric music, it did covered it easily. The music sounded great. So uh, if you're a fan of your audio and want want to have these comfortable features, the ergonomic design, all of that, the BTS Pro is not a bad product to have by your side. Uh, There is also, through the app, a Find My Headphones function. So if you can't locate them in the house or in your office, uh, it does allow you to use the app to do that as well. Uh, A couple of things uh, I should point out. I did put these in my bag without the hard case. So this was sort of my fault. Uh, I put it in my bag, and it turned on. There's quite large buttons on the front of the headphones, and I, when I received a phone call, the, the headphones had paired to the phone, so I couldn't hear the person talking because they were talking through the headphones, which had turned on by themselves. My fault because I should have put them inside the hard case that comes with the headphones. Uh, so uh, if that was the case, they wouldn't have turned on in my bag and I would have been able to hear my phone call. The other thing, uh, calls were a little bit funny. The well, audio sounded great. The, the, uh, the music sounded great, I should say. The phone call quality was a little odd. It sounded like people, I was talking to people down a tunnel. It did sound a little bit tinny and distant, but uh, not sure why. But uh, I could still hear the call and complete the call. But 99% of the time, I was listening to music on it, and it sounded terrific. Now, these are priced, the BTS Pro from 66 Audio. Uh, There's a link on where you can buy them. And if you purchase them before December 20, you'll receive, there's a code that I've listed on Tech Guide for it to be shipped to you for free. The BTS Pro, they're only priced at $167, which I think is reasonable. And uh, for the quality you get and the comfort you get, uh, it ticks all the boxes for me. The BTS Pro from 66 Audio, full review at techguide.com.au. Okay, well, who's not a fan of Netflix? Loving Netflix. And they've just released some information about our viewing habits in 2017. And not just the, our viewing habits and the shows, but also some very interesting facts, including the day, the most popular day for binging. Can you guess what that is? You'll never guess. I'm just going to tell you, it is actually January the 1st. That's right. New Year's Day was the best Day for binging the the day we must have had had a big night the night before maybe just wanted to just veg out on the couch and then just just smash Netflix but January the the first was the biggest day of this year that we were binging now here's another fun fact uh, the movie Madagascar three Europe's most wanted I think it's animated this someone in Australia a Netflix customer watched that movie 352 times. In 2017, now they're either they either love their animation, or they've got kids who just absolutely adore this movie. So 352 times—that's almost every day in 2017 where they've watched this show. Uh, really interesting there. Well, we're going to talk about the most watched shows, but there are also ways we watch the shows. This is what I really like. Here are the most devoured shows. So these are the shows we spent more than two hours watching per day. So that's a bit of a binge going on right there. And these shows, I'll read you the top five. Greenleaf, American Vandal, Sabura, Blood on Rome, Gilmore Girls, and 13 Reasons Why. The rest you can read on Tech Guide. Next up, the Savoured shows. So we savoured these. So these are shows we spent less than two hours a day watching because we wanted to make it last. And the top five in this one was The Crown, which is uh, season two starts December 8th, I believe. Uh, Neo Yokia. You, Me, Her, uh, Ultimate Beastmaster, and Askew, which is uh, the top five. And you can read the rest, of course, there as well. Now, the cheat-worthy shows. Now, here are the shows where, you know how you you agree to watch some shows with your partner and you do agree to watch them together, but the show's so good, you can't wait. They they, they they might not be able to watch it one time and you've, you've stormed ahead on your own. So you kind of cheated on your partner by watching the show. Now, the most cheat-worthy shows where people watched ahead on their own, uh, the top five were Orange is the New Black, Narcos, great show, Stranger Things, excellent show, 13 Reasons Why, and Riverdale, Now, I've got to mention in this top 10 was also a show at number nine, which I rate as probably one of my favorite Netflix shows that I absolutely smashed through, Ozark, starring Jason Bateman. It is uh, 10 episodes dark show sort of breaking bad style show v- worth your time so get that get that uh, on the list uh, now here's the watch together list so these are the shows that brought us together and the top five here were stranger things which second season which i think was as good as the first 13 reasons why riverdale askew or as oh, i can't even remember how to pronounce that and star trek discovery yeah the star, new star trek's a really good show also So there's that information, a little snapshot of our Netflix binging habits. Uh, We don't know what category you fall into, but if you want to see all those complete lists, so one to 10 of all those categories, as well as a really interesting uh, infographic for you to find out even more information, you can check that out at techguide.com.au.
0: Keeping you updated and educated.
1: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Now, we're getting into holiday period now, we're going away, and a lot of people will be using public Wi-Fi and wrongly assuming that it's safe. Without the right protection, your personal information could become public. Now, the recent cracks Wi-Fi vulnerability showed that there are vulnerabilities that would allow attackers to intercept your data, which is transmitted across a Wi-Fi network. So personal information uh, that's transmitted or stored on your devices could be accessed. Things like passwords, credit card numbers, and more could become vulnerable. Now, all this personal information can be used towards committing identity theft, uh, accessing your bank accounts without your knowledge. The team at Norton are dedicated to helping keep your valuable data safe. Norton Wi-Fi Privacy encrypts the personal information you send and receive on public Wi-Fi to help keep it private wherever you want to log in. Help protect your information with Norton Wi-Fi Privacy. To find out more, visit au.norton.com. Tech guide. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. I'm very excited about the Tech Guide Help Desk this week because we have three, count them, three voice bites to play. So you can be part of the Tech Guide Help Desk if you want to record your question using the Voice Bite app. Now, all you do is download the app, put hashtag Tech Guide in the clip title, record your question. You want to ask for advice or even maybe give us your quick 15 second review of a product you love or hate and then slide to broadcast, and I'll get it and play your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. Our first voice bite is from Des O'Brien. Hi, Stephen. I've just purchased a new iMac computer, and I wondered if you could advise me of a good virus detector come cleaner that I could install on the machine to keep it safe. Okay, Des, great question. And the answer is that there's a two-part question there because he, he asked for vi- virus protection uh, and also like a cleaner, something to keep his, his system running efficiently. Well, answer to that question, well, Norton Security Premium, Norton uh, being our sponsor of the program, of course, Norton Security Premium gives you five licenses. So you can use it on your Mac, you can use it on a PC, a tablet, or your mobile devices. That will uh, prevent anything from uh, entering your computer that shouldn't be. Uh, on the cleaning side, I use my Clean my Mac 3 which is a device uh, a program that's just been updated for high Sierra which is the new Mac operating system works really well gets you back a lot of space a lot of gets rid of duplicate uh, files and things like that so it keeps your Mac running at a premium condition so it keeps it purring along nicely our next question is from Michael Gleacher hi um, I was just wondering if you could recommend some good Apple watch golf apps. That will work as a rangefinder, like my Garmin on the course. Thanks okay. very much. Okay, Michael is a golfer, obviously, and he uh, he asked for some golf apps. He when he mentioned his Garmin, I think he's got a little little GPS device that sits on his golf uh, on his golf bag, so he can read see a little picture of the course of the coal, see the distance to the green, all those sorts of information. Now, for to replicate that kind of thing on a on your Apple Watch the Apple Watch doesn't really give you images, it gives you information. So a range finder, so it will tell you the distance to the hole, uh, distance to various things, the length of the hole, all that information. And I did find two free apps that he can try. The well, first one is Golf GPS Navigator by Upside Technologies. Does have an Apple Watch version as well. If you are using the iPhone version, you'll see everything the Garmin sees, including a, a, a top-down view of the hole. You can even keep score, all those sorts. Of things on the watch, it allows you to view your the distances, enter your score at the end of each hole as well. The other app that I found was called Golf Pad. Now this is another free app. I recommending free apps because there's zero risk in trying them. You might as well give give them a go this also offers apple watch support as well gives you your range uh, distance to hazards allows you to enter your score on the phone of course if you want to put your phone on a little stand on your golf bag it'll take the place of your garment give you a nice image of the hole uh, give you all the distances i think you can tap on various parts of the screen to see where you're standing and then the distance to certain places so it gives you all of that and gives lets you also keep a scorecard so you see all your stats and all of that and the shortcut is through the apple watch so there's two apps for there there's golf pad and there's also the golf gps navigator our last question comes from hugo ortega Steve, hugo here if the iphone x is the latest and greatest evolution of the iphone i'm all for minimalism but we've lost the audio jack the home button what else do we have to lose before the late great steve jobs is happy <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Hugo. And uh, he does bring up a very good point, though, about, about the iPhone and, and Apple's decision on what to include and what to remove from their iPhones. And he did mention the audio jack which uh coincidentally has also been uh, the Google Pixel 2 now lo- no longer has an audio jack so kind of justifies Apple's decision in doing that with the, with the proliferation of wireless headphones bluetooth we spoke about a pair of bluetooth earphones on this show right now uh, uh, earlier on so that really I haven't plugged a pair of headphones into a phone for years Others do Apple does have an adapter in the box if you do want to do that through the lightning through the lightning uh, port, so there is that option if you still desperately need to have a, a three point five millimeter uh, jack connected to your device. The other thing he mentioned was the home button. And Apple's decision on the iPhone X to remove it was a little controversial. But when you look around at what the opposition's doing, all these other companies have really—they've removed the home button there as well. So you're looking at a market where the trend is the the no home button, all screen. Uh, some companies are relocating those in the V30, which we also spoke about on today's program. The V30 has its home button and fingerprint reader on the back of the device. Apple were never going to do that. They had to come up with some other way of creating home. They did; they created a gesture, created Face ID to make up for not having a home button and Touch ID. So I think it's, it's Apple just following the trend of what's out there. They weren't the first company to remove the home button, uh, yet... The the Hugo's question sort of asks about what Apple's vision is. Well, they they're kind of. You could argue that Apple's kind of followed the market rather than tra- blazed the trail. Uh, Apple customers, Apple fanboys might say different but i think apple has put their spin on that on the current market trend and the result is the iphone 10 which happens to be a really attractive phone as well as a very expensive phone so i hope that's explained things for you hugo thank you for your questions and you too can be part of the tech guide help desk if you do if you want to contribute via voicebot and all that, those things we spoke about including our iphone 10 review you can check that out at techguide.com.au And that's the end of our show for this week. You can read about everything that we've spoken about, of course, at techguide.com.au. If you want to get in touch, we'll still take your emails, info at techguide.com.au. But if you want to make it on the Tech Guide podcast, you can use the VoiceBite app, hashtag TechGuide, record your question, record your advice, record your little review if you are looking for advice. Uh, we're happy to take your voice bites and play them on the show as we did here today. Uh, we want to give a special thanks too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi networks needs and also Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Thank you for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.